This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic could be considered a wee bit controversial. We're going to dive into courtship versus dating and share some of our honest thoughts. This is a question, Jesse, we have gotten this question so many times because a number of, I guess it would be, well, months, a few years ago when we first started the podcast, we went through and shared our story just kind of from the beginning of how we met and then all the way up to present time. And if you listen to those episodes, you know that we have a rather unique story of just growing up and then how we ended up having a relationship. And we did this thing called courtship where we had lots of strict rules and boundaries. Like we never went on a date until after we were married. We always had a parent chaperone. Our parents were the ones who made all of the rules for us during our courtship and our engagement. They were extremely involved and we never dated anyone else other than each other. And so a lot of people have come to us and said, you know, are you going to do the same thing with your kids? And if you're interested in more details on that, we'll link to those episodes. I think it was more than one episode in the show notes and you can go back and listen to those. But we're going to dive into that, kind of talk about how we're approaching this with our kids. But before we get to that, Jesse. What's saving your life this week? 
Well, actually, we were going to do a joint item that saved our life, but I'm going to deviate from that a little whoa, bit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're you, going you, off script? I am going off strip. Strip? <laughs> strip. <laughs> um, I am going off script and uh, calling an audible. You I have do, no you, idea what you're going to you say. You do that quite often. Yes, I do. So, it's your turn. I like to measure and keep track of the water that I drink. And I do that by having a water bottle, generally a 32-ounce water bottle, and just refill it throughout the day. Twice I have had a Nalgene water bottle. Twice they have both broken. I don't think broken is exactly... They shattered. Shattered. I don't think that that's the correct terminology. They have shrunk. No. No, no, oh, no, 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 I thought no, you were talking about... No, 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 no. <laughs> you're talking oh, about the other water bottle. The other water bottle. That's right. Okay, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. okay. We, yes, you're right. Okay, the other water bottles that you had so, shrunk in the dishwasher. This is a different... We have yeah. water bottle issues. Yes, okay. no, that was a water jug, okay. and we put it in the dishwasher. It wasn't dishwasher safe, and the reason she says... I said a couple because we have done it twice. So, You've done that twice as well. Okay. Anyway. I'm mixing up the stories. Okay. Yes, you are. But I had two Nalgene water bottles and both uh, at a baseball field um, fell out of my hand and landed on the corner and had a hole um, develop in, in both of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, I, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, we just have to stop on this fell out of your hand like that sounds like you were a victim of the circumstances i was gravity took over and and destroyed my water bottle no no no. and then you said they developed a hole okay that's all on passive okay you dropped it and it broke okay (laughs) (laughs) take some personal ownership here okay personal responsibility okay go ahead i'm crying tears right now (laughs) anyway I scrounged around for a water bottle to use and ran across a water bottle that I think one of the girls got, a hydroflask metal water bottle. More like not not a bottle, but a a tumbler, I guess. I've never really used a tumbler before. I really Mm -hmm. like it. So it's going to be versatile. And one thing that um, we ran across when I purchased a new vehicle here, not new, but when our most recent used vehicle, the the cup holders were too small and they didn't fit the 32 ounce Nalgene water bottle. So, um, this will. And so I'm excited to use it. Anyway, that was kind of a long winded deviation. We will see how long this one lasts. I, I it's mean, it's cold. Well, it's not breakable. And <laughs> I didn't think the other ones were breakable either. I know. Right. I'm just saying, I'm and just saying you don't have, don't have a really good track record. So I don't, if this one holds up that, is going to be and it's saving cold your and life. hot. So yes, and it literally is saving my life because it's filled with water that you drink to save your life. Well, thank you for bringing that. Really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I am going to talk about the stroller that we were both going to talk about, but we recently got a new double stroller. We actually I counted the other day. We have five strollers. <laughs> We seem to be collecting them mostly because we've had three babies in the last year and a half Mm -hmm. and we've needed a different uh, configuration of strollers for the different ages Mm -hmm. and the different numbers. And so we had a double stroller. It was actually a frame that we could just put both of the Chico car seats in. Mm -hmm. But now that they're not really 
exactly infant car seat. They're still in infant car seats in the car, but for strollers, they don't really want to be in the infant car seat. They want to be able to turn around and look out. So we were looking online. I wanted to get something that was really, really versatile because we don't know what's going to happen foster care wise down the road. We wanted to be able to have something that you could have a toddler and a baby, a almost like a preschooler and an infant. And so I was just looking for something that had really great reviews and lots of different options. And we came across this one on Amazon. It's tell, tell us what it is because you have it pulled up. It's called the Graco ready to grow LX 2.0 double stroller. And we will link that in the show notes, but we have loved it. We've used it almost daily since we got it. Um, I love that it has the sit and stand options. Mm-hmm. It has where you could, you actually can put two infant carriers in it. I don't think we'll probably ever use it for that, but you can have an infant and a... If they're great co-carriers. Yes. You could have an infant and a preschooler. You could have a toddler and a toddler. You, you could have, you know, just so many different options, an infant mm-hmm. and a toddler. And um, I just feel like it is going to give us the ability to kind of grow and morph with us as Mm -hmm. our family does when you are fostering. And the thing that I love most about it is that it's so compact and yet Mm -hmm. really high quality. It feels like, so it's a really smooth ride and very smooth it, but then you would think with a double stroller, we've had, we had another double, double stroller in the past that was just huge. It was heavy. And heaven, yes. And this one, it almost goes down to the size of a single stroller, mm-hmm. I feel like. And yet you fold it out and there's a double stroller and it's light. And it's just been a really, really wonderful addition, especially because I love to take the little ones on a walk mm-hmm. at least once a day. And you do that as well. And so I would highly recommend it. The other nice thing is so many double strollers are very pricey. And this one is over $200 on Amazon, but for, I think probably how many years we're going to get out of this, how many uses, every, every bit worth that money. It also has a nice um, underneath, what do they call it? I don't know. Under the storage compartment. Mm -hmm. Under the storage, there's lots of space and there's a cup holder. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I like how smooth it rides. Um, I want the front um, portion of the stroller is, um, you can recline it back so the child can sleep in the, the front carrier portion. The back carrier portion is not, does not recline. I don't like that, but. But it's more, it. it's more of an, it's infant, more of an infant seat mm-hmm. for a smaller child in the back. Although Kirsten, she yeah. is a toddler and she wrote in it last night. So right. it, you know, but yes, if you, there are lots of reviews on Amazon and I would say, the the negative reviews um, definitely read those as well because it was you know we knew what we were looking for it might not be what you're looking for but if you're looking for a double stroller definitely check that one out books do you have a book update for us Jesse yes I finished up Black Ice uh, the newest novel that was released by Brad Thor um, this is this year's iteration. And um, it was really good. Anything else to share on it? Um, main character is uh, Scott Harveth. Uh, it says the whole series, that's the main character of, of his um, series to be redundant. 
but he is up in the uh, Norwegian area, up in Scandinavia, and doing his thing, and stopping terrorist attacks and all sorts of good stuff. So, And I'm assuming this is probably a book that is not really my type. I don't know. I've got your type wrong sometimes, so <laughs> probably not. It's not as it's not as gory as uh, gory as the some of the Jack Carr novels that I've had you listen to. Well, if you are Jesse's type of book person, then there's a good recommendation yep, you'd like for it. you. I finished reading Wonder in a very different genre. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had read it a few years ago, loved it, had watched the movie, and then um, Silas has had summer reading for school. And so they had a list of books to choose from. And um, he read Number of the Stars. And then we have a tradition where I always read one of his summer reading books with him. And so he wanted to do Wonder. And it was really fun to get to read together. And it also was much more meaningful this time around because of having baby D. And I didn't remember that August, the main character of the book, had had cleft lip and palate. And so just some of the things they talked about in his surgeries, it was just much more relatable. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such a good book about kindness. And when you have a choice always, and you always do choose kindness and how sometimes we can judge people by what we just see initially mm-hmm. and instead of getting to know them and loving them for who they are instead of what they look like and just the importance of friendship and um, camaraderie. So um, if you haven't read it, I know most people have, most people are familiar with it, but if you haven't, um, I highly recommend it. And I did edit a little bit. I don't like some of the language. Um, just it's just kind of, I don't know, just not necessary, I guess. Um, maybe that's probably that's how kids talk, but I did edit some of the language just because, like I said, not necessary. We have a few emails that have come in, Uh Jesse, that I wanted to share. This is what I get for going off script. I know. I know. Okay. Um, So remember we did the podcast on dealing with emails. And if you have an overload of emails and what to do, we can link Mm -hmm. that in the show notes. Like I did today. Uh, Yeah. So... Christy wrote in, she said, I wanted to let you know how helpful this particular podcast was. The first time I listened to it, I was highly motivated to begin the purge. I give you kind of a process to purge your emails. She said, I have gotten rid of over 3,000 emails. I had no idea things were so out of control. I just re-listened to your tips as I'm now at about 900 and attempting to continue to purge, but to also organize. Working on folders right now. Next is filters. Thanks for your help. I always love, I I, I like that. I love to hear whenever someone has listened and actually taken action. Um, This is actually an iTunes review that came in from C Duke runner. She said, I've been following crystal via her blog since my daughter was born in 2008. Wow. Beginning. Um, See, Money Saving Mom started in 2007. Mm-hmm. I actually started mm-hmm. blogging in 2005. So if you've mm-hmm. been following since 2005 or even Live Journal in 2004, you get a real big gold star. But 2008, that is a long time. It's dead journal now. 
Uh, yes, that's true. She said, two words that continually come to mind when speaking of her blog and podcast are consistency and practicality. This is the only podcast that I truly miss when they, Crystal and Jesse, take a week off. My favorite segments are what's saving our life and what books they're reading. Thank you for always being consistent and practical. Oh, and quite funny at times too. So Jesse, you got a shout out there. Thank um, so thank you to C. Duke Runner. And as always, we love it and appreciate it so much when you leave a review on iTunes. It actually really helps the podcast. I don't talk about it very much because I don't want to be harping on that. But if you love the podcast and you have a minute and you want to go leave a review, it always means the world to us for you to do that. Oh, and then Kristen wrote in and we were talking about, um, the reader said she had listened to my book on 1.25. She said she listens to our podcast on two times. That means she every loves to get time. through it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we should talk really, 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 really fast or something. Um, she said, I listen to almost everything on two times, but I find it works best with earbuds. Something about listening to two times on speakers doesn't work as well. And so I, because the thought of listening to a podcast on two times, just for me, a podcast is a conversation mm-hmm. and an audiobook. I guess I listen to it usually always sped up, usually um, 1.5 to 1.8 um, mm-hmm. for audiobooks every once in a while too, or if they're a really fast talker, it'll be 1.25. But for some reason, podcasts, I just don't enjoy it as much. But she said two times does get me through a whole lot of podcasts in a short amount of time. Okay. Well, I have a, a, a tip. Well, I've started listening to the audiobook that I'm listening to on 1.25, and I'm finding that I sometimes tend to daydream while I'm listening to the podcast. And by the time I get back to the listening, or not the podcast, the book, by the time I get back to the book, I've missed a lot. So that's pretty fast. But anywho, just for kicks, one thing is to listen to a podcast on 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely hilarious. Leave it to you that you would be the one to do that. But I always no, they, wonder. They, they, it's because they sound drunk. I always wonder, though. Well, I have not listened to myself on two times, but I always wonder when I listen to audiobooks to me at 1.5, almost always that sounds pretty much normal pace to me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how slow were they talking at one? Mm-hmm. You know? Like I point five is really funny. That's true. Okay, one more. I don't have the name on this. This one came in from um, Instagram, but she said, "I have to say, I was tickled when Jesse said on the latest podcast episode that he was exaggerating with the twenty-year gap between siblings. Remember when you made that comment? It was on a recent podcast." Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "My brother and I are twenty-three years apart, with one sister three years younger than I." Wow. And then she went on to tell me that. Um, it's all from the same parents and everything too. So I was like, that's, that's going to be my question. That's impressive. Cause at first I was like, well, maybe it was, you know, but no, uh, uh-uh, not a blended family. Um, so that's 23 years apart. I was, I'm my youngest brother is uh, 17 years younger than me. And I have an older sister who's uh, three years older than me. So there's a 20 year gap. 23 is that's, that's a lot. All right. Courtship versus dating. So the inspiration for this actually came from a question that we got, and it was about, do you allow your older kids to date? And for those who might be new, we have three older kids. I guess you could call them three older kids. Um, Catherine is 16 and a half, 
and um, Caitlin is 14 and Silas is 12. And then obviously we also have Kirsten who is, how many months is she now? I have to think if she's, she's 15 months 15. and baby D is 13, yeah, 13 months. Um, but so we're kind of in that season where even with, you know, Silas being 12, there's, it's, it's coming. I mean, you know, he'll come home from school and talk about who likes who and all of that. And for the girls, especially they're in the thick of, you know, there's a lot of conversations going on about dating and boys and relationships and all of that. And so, um, this question, do you allow your older kids to date? You first off, when I said this question to you, you kind of had some thoughts just from the wording. Well, yeah, I just bristled with the um, the first part of the question is, do you allow? And I like to view the relationship that we have with our kids not as, I don't know, kind of ruling and allowing things to happen, but more so um, providing guidelines or guidance, um, coming alongside as opposed to saying, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. There's times when that's necessary, but um, going through the process with talking through things instead of dictating, and at least from our experience, I think, creates a better environment for it. I was thinking it's the difference of being a guide versus a dictator. And you mm-hmm. kind of use both of those words, but kind of the, the word picture that you get when you think of a guide versus you think of a dictator. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a lot of kids, especially when they're in their teenage years, if someone is dictating for them, it's instantly going to kind of cause them to have resistance. Mm-hmm. Whereas if someone is guiding them, I feel like they're much more apt to be willing to listen and pay attention. So to answer this question, and then we're going to dive more into it, but do you allow your older kids to date? It's probably going to surprise a lot of people, but we actually don't have dating rules. We don't say at our house, when you're 16, you can date or when Mm -hmm. you're whatever. And, you know, that might seem shocking to some, but I feel like we have to really think about are we kind of just creating cookie cutter models for how we parent? Right. Because kids don't fit into molds. Mm-hmm. Every child is different. Every situation is different. And so when we create these hard and fast rules for, okay, when you're 16, you can date. What I've seen happen a lot of times is that then, especially with girls, as soon as they turn 16, then they feel like they need to start dating mm-hmm. because it's almost as if like this is expected of them. And I think that that can lend itself to rushing into things or also to feeling like something's wrong with you if you don't have a boyfriend Mm -hmm. and feeling like you need to find your validation and your worth in a relationship, in another guy, in a guy being interested in you. And if you're always chasing after that, you're setting yourself up for a life of discontentment, mm-hmm. a life of drama, and probably where you're just trying to find in someone else what you can ultimately only find in God. No man is ever going to fix your problems right. or fill that hole 
in your heart that only God can fill. And so we have lots of conversations versus hard and fast rules. Talking about wise decision-making. That's mm-hmm. something that we really just asking questions, um, letting them kind of watch other things play out around them. And then let's talk about it. Right. You know, how is that how you want to approach things? What can you learn from that? Um, How do you feel about where you're at right now? You know, what do you feel God is calling you to? And then, you know, really helping them to think long-term. I feel like in your teenage years, there's this tendency to just live in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, if it feels good, do it. Um, if it makes you happy, do it. And just kind of forgetting that you have this whole future ahead of you. And the decisions that you make today are going to impact you for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about that in how you're living today, then just pointing them to really seek the Lord. I think as parents, that's one of the most important things that we can do is point our kids to Jesus. And there's this tendency when we create all of these rules to kind of be our child's Savior and Holy Spirit instead of pointing them to the Savior, instead of pointing them to have to seek the Lord and really earnestly seek God's heart in this instead of just, you know, well, my parents said this, so that's how it's going to be. Or them being super frustrated with all these rules that their parents have set up. And I feel like rules can set your kids up for not learning how to make good decisions if you make all the decisions for them. The other thing too is that rules can be a crutch for parents because parents could have the tendency to create hard and fast rules just on the fly and not really think about what the standard is that they're setting up. And then when the child kind of bucks against that rule, because they will uh, in one way, shape or form, and they get challenged, it's, well, you do do this just because that's the rule. And that's the only response that is given. It's not like, well, this is why we came to this conclusion. This is how we think it'd be best for you. Um, That never really enters into the discussion. Again, I feel like it's that dictator versus guide Mm -hmm. where it's just like, you know, the buck stops with me. I made this choice for you. So suck it up and deal with it instead of really sitting down with them. And, you know, they're hurting, they're heartbroken, they're struggling they have big feelings. And are we really acknowledging those? Are we really listening to where they're at and what they're processing through? Are we just constantly shutting them down and stuffing them into this box or this Mm -hmm. mold that we've created for them? And, you know, if you have more than one child, you know that every child is so different and you cannot try to squish them all into these molds. What worked for you as a teenager is not going to work for your child. What works for your older child is not going to work for your younger child. Right. And and so really us having to seek the Lord. I think that rules can, in essence, take away our need yep. to cry out to the Lord, to ask 
him for wisdom, to look to him, to rely upon the Holy Spirit. Like I talked in the episode last week with Jeannie Cunyon. If we just create rules for everything, we don't need Jesus because we have the rules. So letting our kids see that we don't have it all figured out, that we're still learning with them, we're going to make some mistakes, we're seeking Jesus, and we want what's best for them ultimately, and we want to walk with them in it. And we're going to have to learn and grow and change and have lots and lots of conversations with them, with each other, with the Lord, and just rely upon Him on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things also is important to recognize that teenagers, they experience a lot of hormones. And there's a lot of stuff that is kind of clicking and a lot of stuff that they're sort of waking up to. And if we just kind of expect, well, we don't do that at this house. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have relationships with boys until you're 16 years old or vice versa. We just have older girls. So I'm always saying relationships with boys, you know, or you shouldn't feel like that. And just kind of shutting down that instead of stepping into those, you know, when they're struggling, Mm -hmm. when they are you know, maybe they feel that attraction. They feel that desire. Are we stepping into those conversations with them or are we shaming them? Like, I can't believe that you would blah, 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 or shutting them down. Or even to the point of like, they feel like they can't share with us Mm -hmm. because we're going to flip out. And one thing that we've really tried to do as parents is just kind of perfect the art of stoicism when it comes to things that our kids tell us, maybe inside you are freaking out. Like, I do not know what to do with this information. Oh, wow. We are in over our head. Whoa. But to keep our face really calm and to just be like, okay, tell me more about that. So how long have you been feeling this for? You know, and a lot of times we'll be like, so when did this come about? Okay. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of like sitting there and letting them, it feels like if you just are really calm about it and you don't freak out, even though inside, maybe you, you are just like, it's like, uh, it feels like it's explosions going off, but you're just calm. You let them, it just kind of open up and just start sharing and you just ask questions. And then you get the opportunity to really hear their heart and what they're struggling with and what they're going through and what they're walking through. And then, like I talk about in my book, Love Centered Parenting, you know, leaning in and loving them and listening well, and then leading with humility, which is pointing them to Jesus and asking good questions and sharing from your own experience and your own mistakes, lessons that you learned and walking with them in this. And then ultimately, like I talk about letting go recognizing that we cannot micromanage bubble wrap and overprotect our kids forever. And so let's raise them to be adults instead of dependent children. Let's raise them to learn what it looks like to cry out to the Lord, to seek the Lord, learn what it looks like to have these big feelings and be honest about them in safe spaces. And then to really seek the Lord and look to Him for wisdom 
as to what is the next step and what do we do with this. And so all that to say, do we allow our kids to date? We don't have rules for dating. We have lots of conversations. We seek to point our kids to the Lord, to walk with them, to love them, to share from our own life, to ask good questions, to be an open door for them to be able to talk with us about anything and everything, to step into their world, to care about what they care about, to not be shocked by their struggles and big feelings, and ultimately to just point them to Jesus and to help them to think long-term and to know that we're going to make mistakes and they're going to make mistakes. That's why there's Jesus. That's why there's forgiveness. And that's why there's grace. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 